Slavs but I'm going to All right. Well, we're just going to have a conversation. Very simple. All right. Who's ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of uh, Pit Stop Pioneers. Today, I have the privilege and the honor to um, introduce one of my best friend, longest friend, Patrick Lockermeyer. Welcome here in the States. Hey. Uh, this is how it works. Patrick is a pilot, among other things, and we will talk about this in, in a little bit. Um, so he just he just gave me notice about what uh, four or five days ago. Is like shoot me a text like, hey, I'm I'm going to be in Newark or somewhere else first, and then it changed again, and uh, because he's he's flying all over the world, and so I drop everything or we drop everything when Patrick comes because, like I said, he's one of my oldest friends, and. Um, Usually, I just want to say, usually, this is not how we speak with each other, right? <laughs> We're both Swiss, so our native tongue will be Schweizerdeutsch or Swiss German. That's how we normally communicate with each other. But, uh, you know, for the sake of uh, the podcast and also the video and our friends here and all around the world, we're just going to do it in English. It's all right? Fine, so good. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it, man. That's awesome. So, uh, as I said, so so Patrick and I, we just give you a little background. We know each other for pretty much thirty years, I would say. Yeah, right. Just about thirty years. And uh, do you recall? Do you remember how we we met? I think we met at a friend's home. Okay. Yeah, that we had a common friend, and uh, we've been meeting there at a uh, kind of a teenage party at that time a teenage well hold on yeah, a teenage party i remember you were the only one who had a driver's license in the car <laughs> so you had, <laughs> and we you, packed up the car right yeah, you remember yeah. how many people we yeah, used you to had pack. to you had to uh, pick up everyone and drop off everyone after the party <laughs> yeah man that's how it was i, I used to have a, a Seat ibiza that's even a car that doesn't exist yeah, here was it black uh, it was a black one and it was a uh, it was the spanish model i mean it's a spanish car and uh, so normally it seats five people, right? What do you think? What do you guys think? How many people we packed in this car? It was it was before we were wiser and older as now, a little aged and seasoned. How many do you think, Patrick, did we pack know. in? I don't know, maybe 10. <laughs> I think it could be that the record because like we used to, wherever there was space, we packed people in. It, it comes in handy to have a car. But this is, yeah, this is how we met. And, and I don't know at the beginning, um, I don't know. We had a lot of mutual friends, friends, and uh, and so we we knew of each other. But then something happened, and I don't know how this happened. But we ended up living in the same place. We were roommates, right? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> do, do you remember? <laughs> remember the address where that where we lived? Yeah, that was uh, on top of a hill in Zurich. It's called Imas. Imas. Number nineteen. Number nineteen. <laughs> oh, you you remember the number? I would. Yeah, remember I still the remember. I think okay. it was nineteen. Could be. I mean, we who were knows? Older than that at the time. Yeah, we we can make something up. No, nobody really, <laughs> unless unless some people from that era, hopefully maybe they watch and they will then shoot us a comment and say, "Hey, no, it was seventeen. No, it was 10. And what was what was amazing about that place, among many things, is do you remember what was an amazing thing that had to do with the key? There was a key. There actually was a key. We actually didn't have one. No. Because the key was um, somewhere hidden. Somewhere hidden? Somewhere hidden. I think on the top of the of the door frame. Right. The entrance door. So everyone knew where it was. <laughs> that, that's, that's the <laughs> Except joke. Except the intruders. It. And uh, right. sometimes we were coming home from work and the house was already full with people that don't live there. Yeah, right. So we like pay rent. Cooking, and uh, right. serving beers, iced tea, whatever. And we had like... The best rooftop bar in Zurich. Right. And yeah. uh, everybody knew where the key was or they just walked in. And I remember at one point, one time, at least one time, I wanted to go to my bed and there was somebody else sleeping in there. Did that happen to you? <laughs> no, because usually, I don't know, my I had the tiniest bed, so nobody wanted it. <laughs> oh, maybe that's what it was. Okay. and But it was a beautiful place. It was a beautiful time in our lives. I think it left a mark on us. Um, it shaped us. It formed us because we... We are still friends with some of those people up to today, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Um, and, and Kareem, so this is another story. So today, actually, sorry to shift gear a little bit, 
But so today is actually Green and mine, um, my wedding anniversary, 19 years. And today, 19 years ago, guess who was here with us in Princeton when we got married? This guy. He was my best man, one of my best men. There were, were two or three. And uh, so we go way back, as he said, and it's, uh, it's, it's just an honor to have you here uh, on this day. We're going to celebrate a little later on. Uh, it's just a, a beautiful location. And uh, we, how long, how long, Patrick, do you think we, we were roommates? Well, in Mars, in Zurich, it was about a little over a year, right. but then we moved somewhere else. And that was, I think, in total, I think it was about close to seven years, I that, guess. That's right on. That was on my notes. This guy yeah. didn't even see my notes. And look at this. He knows because uh, like we had a lot of, like we had a lot of um, happenings or events at Imos, right? But then we also, um, when we moved to another location and we had an, another person living with us first, and then it was mainly the two of us for the lo longest, the most time. And my sister was living next, to, next door. So we were also babysitting at times. And I don't know, like left. A, I think a, she was babysitting us. Yeah, probably you're right. And, and there was always, when we, we were bachelors, right? So like we had, I remember we setting up these, these events or parties on the weekend at the, <laughs> and everybody was coming. I don't even know how we did this because there was no text messaging. There was uh, nothing like that yet. Maybe it was just about to... Yeah, I remember, you know, we had cell phones that were about that big and the battery on it was a backpack, yeah, backpack. right? <laughs> got, got the battery in my backpack. backpack. <laughs> that's, a, that's another story maybe that's going to uh, unfold later on. Um, but it was an interesting season of our lives because we were bachelors. We loved pasta. I think we made pasta as much as possible day and night or every day unless we had a party and people brought food and, and beverages. And a cool thing about hosting a party is that there's so much leftover and that lasted us pretty much for the rest of the week. So then till the next party started, um, we were good to go. Something like that, right? Do yeah. you recall the same, same oh, thing? Oh yeah, yeah. Right. And so saying all of this, and, and you just jump in if you feel like a story comes up, something from that era, and I will ask you later on because so Patrick came in yesterday. We were talk. We were went out to eat, and we talked nonstop. And this is basically an extension of our conversation because uh, I just felt like when I explained to Patrick, he's like, "Hey, I want to, I want to have you on my podcast or my my vlogs." And he's like, "Whoa, wait a minute, what's going on? What what is this?" And I explained to him a little bit what is my motivation, why I want to do this, and simply having a conversation with people that mean something in my life and. He's been a long-time friend and he has a lot to say and share. I know I've been talking a lot <laughs> so far, but he has a lot to say and I want to hear it. So, so starting this off, so Patrick is a pilot, right? And I remember you had another job before you became a pilot because we lived together. What kind of job did you do? Yeah, I was working in engineering as a project manager and... Um, that was basically my main income. And with that income, I managed to do and graduate my pilot school. It's amazing. I know, I remember Patrick, uh, you always had that dream to fly, right? It's, it was in you. And, and to some, like, you have to understand something about Switzerland, you know, like maybe, but I think a lot of things have changed. But at that time, when we grew up, there was a system in place that's normally, this is what you study, that's what you go to school for, and that's what you normally do, right? And so, uh, you know, in order to cut it to become a pilot, it needs to be, you need to be good in school. I'm not saying that you weren't. I'm just saying there's certain requirements that need to be in place in order to even do that or study that. And Patrick did, did it differently, right? I mean, you, you, you studied a certain job, as you said. And then on top of this, you decided like, hey, wait a minute. I always had this dream in my heart. Tell me about this, this dream of flying. Yeah, I mean, dream of flying, I think that's, Fire started me when I was a little kid at seven years. Um, I remember my neighbors, um, his dad was a pilot in Swiss Air um, and with the Swiss Air Force. And I was so fascinated all the time of this, you know, flying airplanes and the technical stuff. And so um, he gave me a poster when I was seven. And I had this poster up until I moved out, I think, um, wow. from my parents' home. And I always looked at this poster and said, like, one day it's going to be me in front there in the cockpit sitting and flying this airplane. 
and I kind of lost the dream a bit throughout the teenage time. Mm. And when I was in the early 20s, it started to came, come back and said, this is what I want. And it's not engineering and it's not going to new university and get like a proper office job. And I realized I'm not the office type of guy. I need something else that just kind of gives me the joy and the motivation right. to carry on. And so I had a time when I traveled in Alaska mm. and I was camping uh, next to a river and I was close to a little airstrip that um, constantly airplanes were taken off and landing for sightseeing flights and they were going up to Mount McKinley onto the glacier with these planes and I was there and having my fire and doing my barbecuing and, and uh, peanut butter. And eating my peanut butter, yeah, with the finger <laughs> out of the jar. Yeah. And I was looking at these airplanes. And the next day, I booked myself a flight. And I was like, I was a passenger on one of these beavers, mm -hmm. very old school Canadian planes. And uh, they flew me up on this glacier. Um, when I came back, I said, like, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. I always wanted this. I this started so many years ago. And I went back from my journey from Alaska. And I came back and I told Thomas, hey, yeah. something just changed. This is what I want. And I was looking for the proper flight school in Switzerland. And uh, then shortly after that, I started my aviation academy. It's, it's amazing. I mean, you guys, this is in short, right? I mean, I was involved in the world involved. I, I saw it firsthand. Patrick going through this and rekindling a dream basically and uh, and it was an honor for me you know to to see that uh, Patrick you know it's, sometimes we have pipe dreams you know it's just like oh, I would love to be an astronaut or whatever you know or, and sometimes you need to have this and people actually really become that you know I see that with my son right now that's another story of what he feels he wants to become which is great you need to you need to fuel that and um and, and, you know, having something set in place, and I think it was also not easy, uh, you correct me, you know, like telling your parents or like, this is what you want to do now, or because it was finances involved. I mean, you, you basically, you worked a job in order to finance going back to school and pay for this whole education, become a pilot, right? Yeah. And, and guys, this is, this is amazing. That costs a lot of money. I mean, I know it costs a lot of money here. Think about it, how much it costs in Switzerland. and uh, But you did it. I did it. You did yeah. it, man. I did it. And and now you're flying. Yeah. And um, so so tell me real quick. So now once you find, if you finished your education, right now you're, you're a, what, what do you call that? A, a private pilot? Is, is that the right expression or what is Yeah, that? I'm not a private pilot. Private pilot is usually referred to those who do recreational flying. So they okay. do the flying as a hobby with like a single oh, engine Cessna. Yeah. Um, what I do is I am a commercial pilot still. I have a commercial license, right. but I fly private individuals. That's on their private owned airplane or on a corporate jet that is uh, owned by a corporation or a large company. That's amazing. And so um, I know, I mean, if you feel at liberty to, to say and share this, because you just mentioned that. So it's, uh, I remember you did your private license. So with the little planes and then you did the commercial license uh, with the big planes and you, you flew for at that time was I think Bal Air still right before it became Swiss is, is that no, correct? It was Crossair. Oh, Crossair. Oh, my God. 20 years ago in 2001, in January, um, I started my base training then on the jet mm. in Crossair. Wow. And, and from there to. Yeah. And the magic about it, it was actually exactly for the same aircraft that had the poster hung up as a kid. <laughs> wow. It was an MD 80. <laughs> Well, I didn't even know that part. That yeah. that is amazing. Wow! And it was one of the last MD80 operators in Europe at that time because this airplane is a bit old school. It started to be replaced by Airbuses and uh, new generation 737s at that time. So I was so privileged to be basically one of the last ones starting on this jet. Man, so so just to recapture this, so you had a, a photography like a poster. Of a, of a certain plane, yeah. you always dream to fly. Um, 
first it looked at times that would not be possible, different different circumstances and also, yeah, life, right? Yeah. Age, whatever. And eventually you not only did all of this and you end up flying that plane that was on that photography. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow, that that's that hits deep. This is amazing. And so, you know, we we, we let this sink in a bit, you know, but um, I, you know, going from, from uh, commercial airlines to uh, private jets, you, you meet some quite interesting individuals, right? Or, or we would even say celebrities. Are you at liberty to even share like some of the people or maybe I have somebody in mind, but that's up to you that, that, that who, who you were flying around and uh, yeah. Um, yes, of course I do fly and did fly actors, musicians, rock stars, or um, well-known entrepreneurs. Um, so it's very interesting how this is. Um, so for me, it's not just the passion about my job. It's not just the flying bit. Yeah. It's also a bit, um, it's the traveling bit as well, um, especially on a corporate and private jet. It's like um, you never end, you never know where you end up next week or the next day. And that's the coincidence that we meet right now right. with Thomas a week ago, nobody of us would have thought that I will be doing this right now. No, no idea. And, uh, but this is my life and this is the way it is, you know? Um, so I'm almost every week surprised by new destinations and meeting new people, um, important people, politicians mm. uh, and entrepreneurs, economists and all such. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not allowed to name okay. the people, Good. but you can guess probably. You can, you can guess and, um, and I think we can do this because that's, that's not wrong. There's, there's a song by some an individual that motivated you through that school Yeah, and it's called Fly Away. Yeah. At the time I was in the aviation training and I started my first lessons on the single engine um, aircrafts. Hmm. Um, there was an album coming out, number five, by Lenny Kravitz, and it had this particular song, I Want to Fly Away. And it, this song kept me through all the trainings, especially all the upsets and setbacks, because it's not just happening like this, you know, and right. even if you're maybe a smart person and talented, you will have your setbacks and uh, you have to go through difficulties. And I had difficulties in different areas of just handling an airplane. Right. Um, I was very good in technical stuff and knowledge, but a bit the motoric part. So I had to train and learn maybe a bit more than others. And, uh, and in English too. And I mean, sometimes, is, I, right? sometimes I was just frustrated and I was driving, driving home from the airfield and I put in this song and it just gave me another kick. It's like, no. Uh, one day I'm gonna fly away. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, it is a good song. Good song by a great artist. So that's cool. Thank you. Thanks for sharing this. Um, you also, I want to shift gears a little bit. So you, you also you have a family, right? You have a wife, two beautiful children. They, you guys were here two years ago, and uh, you did something phenomenal, uh, special. And as we were talking yesterday, because. You know, last two years ago, I was I was in a different place. We all go through seasons and phases, and we'll I'll talk about this more some other time. But uh, when you guys came, um, I didn't I didn't know what motivated you to go on a, a sabbatical. You did an extensive sabbatical, and um, I have bits and pieces you shared with me, and, and not because you didn't want to share it, simply because I probably didn't listen enough at that time. Um, sorry about that. But uh, what I found out. A year ago, my dad passed away, and uh, and you and s some other friends came to that funeral because also you knew my dad. You know, mm -hmm. like uh, you were in a, a home or like their house basically, and so there was interaction, and it was it meant the world to me that you and and some other friends showed up. I mean, not because I expected it, because this all happened like fast, and I had to, you know, from here travel to Switzerland and all this stuff. And then set up the it was the, the funeral and the memorial service, 
and then we we met we had like an after <laughs> an after glow and like an after time talking to each other but as we were speaking yes then and no and then you shared something with me and i mentioned that to you yesterday and it really hit hit home and it hit deep because you um you basically not only had sympathy obviously going through this that i was going through this because you lost your father how many years ago yeah what is 13 years 13 years yeah. ago right so you you knew you knew the what i was going through because you experienced mm -hmm. it 13 years ago and i remember you told me that not only you had sympathy for where i was in, in in at that point in my life but you said listen um my i buried my dad right that's how you so some i mean you can correct me but i buried my dad and i buried my dad with a dream that he had that he never fulfilled Right. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And so that ex like this incident of burying my dad and realizing this made me realize something on my own that I'm not gonna die like my dad, and not because that's you know good or bad death. It's just what it, what happens, right? But that I will not die with with a dream in my heart that is not fulfilled. Something like that. Is that fair to say? That's what you that's said. That's about it. What I said. Yeah. And and that really struck me because that that motivated you to go on a sabbatical in short right so tell me more about this yeah i think this is one of the important reasons why it was also like a motivation for the sabbatical um we always romana and i we always wanted to do this like a kind of a world travel and mm. because we love to explore we love to travel we love to meet new people new cultures and uh, see new perspectives um but Basically, what Tom is talking about is sometimes we have a dream in our heart mm. and then we say like, oh, maybe it's not the time yet, but, or, you know, we have different excuses. It's the money or the yeah. time or the kids are too young yeah. or um, now I have a good job and I need to work a bit harder to get maybe a promotion or a raise or this. So we have so many excuses to say no to that dream at that point and we'll save it up for later. And at some point, it's just going to be too late. And this is something that happened to my dad. Mm. Um, he had these dreams of hiking in different areas. Um, he was hiking in California, in, in Switzerland, in the Alps of Austria, Italy, everywhere. But he wanted to see other places and he wanted to travel. And he saved it for his retirement. Mm. But... That was obviously too late. Wow. So, so he, he did part of those dreams he fulfilled because I remember, like uh, you mentioned, like he, I think he did a certain, not the Appalachian Trail. It's another trail that goes from Mexico to Canada, right? Yeah, there is a trail. I mean, it's one of the most famous trails um, in the U.S. is the John Moore Trail in uh, Yosemite. Hmm. And he started when he was maybe around 60. He had a working colleague that was talking about this trail that he always wanted to do that himself. And my dad said, like, let's do it together. Hmm. Uh, my dad's before never really been in the US. I mean, yeah, a couple of times maybe for business, but he has never really um, seen um, and traveled nor hiked in the US. Uh, so they did that. Um, this trail is usually, I think, um, for a week. Okay. So you can do that. Uh, but it's another trail. It's called the Pacific Crest Trail that basically goes all along the Rocky Mountain Ridge from the Mexican border to the Canadian border. And wow. You can take it even further because the Rocky Mountains go way, way, way up almost to Alaska. Um, so, but this Pacific Crest Trail, that was his dream. Okay, so and he wanted he, to do the whole thing, like he in segments? To do the whole thing. Yeah. Yes, and he saved that for okay. his retirement. This is wow. like, I need more time. That was his excuse at that time. And uh, yeah, so he saved that and saved that. So now for you knowing this and realizing this, you did, um, you did something quite uh, extraordinary. I mean, like you decided, all right, we're gonna, I'm gonna quit my job for a while. Um, you have a house, you know, uh, do something with that, rent it out. Um, save money or had saved money or something, whatever. I, I don't need to give details about that. But mm -hmm. in order to just like, we're going to do this now. We're not going to, I'm not going to wait till, till I'm retired. This might never 
come to pass. So how was that? I mean, how was the response in your own family? How was the response with your friends? I mean, like they all think like crazy or like, and tell me a little bit about, about that experience of taking off, you know, and just doing it. I think it's, it's very difficult to understand such a decision if you have never done this decision yourself, first right. of all. And I think there you have to be flexible enough to accept maybe different opinions from your friends, your yeah. family. But I think our family was very understanding, but at the same time, not really understanding. <laughs> okay. I mean, they were, Yay! Wait they a were supportive, <laughs> yeah. but I think for them, it was hard to understand yeah. to do a step like this. Um, especially I can tell I quit probably a perfect job I had at that time. Mm. I was really happy um, in that job. I was working in a great team with, uh, in a good environment. I was well paid. I had a good lifestyle. Everything was great. Um, also, our kids were, were in a good school. Everything was great. So why change things? Mm. Um, but we felt like now is the time. Okay. So we wanted to do this. And basically, we always wanted to do this. But we were talking for a long time, like, ah, when the kids grow up, then we do this. Right. And then suddenly it was like, why not doing this as a family? Mm. And then we said, like, yeah, maybe, like, you know, when our kids are that age. Okay. But suddenly we said, like, we have to do this next year. It came suddenly and we felt it. Okay. And I think if we would have waited another year, we all know the situation of COVID. If right. we would have waited another year, it, it would happen. have never happened. Wow. So you were because spot the borders on. would have been closed. Right. And it was just like the Kairos moment, the last moment, the last chance to do it for us. And that's why for us, this experience and the privilege to be able to do a sabbatical with the world's travel, to explore all these countries, cultures, people. Um, it's wow, it, chills, it just gives me, it blows my mind still. Right, so, so in short, so, so what did you cover? Like, where did you go and for how long? We started in the US, um, we started in Florida, and we got ourselves an RV. <laughs> <laughs> and we traveled for close to six months. Um, the, yeah, hmm. the entire East Coast almost up to New York. Okay. So from Key West up to here, Princeton area. Um, yeah, showed the kids New York, mm. how a really cosmopolitan city could be right. with all the smells and flavors. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put yeah. it. Right? <laughs> um, and then we, we crossed the whole continent from here, from the East Coast here. Um, over to the West Coast. And I mean, understand this, I mean, for all your American viewers, you tell about how different the states can be. Right. For us as Europeans, sometimes it all seems to be the same, mm. okay? But when you travel and you see, there are some major difference. Right. I mean, the, the states are different, the people, the, the people change, um, and the food, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> a burger is a burger. But, but just the landscape, how it changes, especially once you kind of pass the, the Great Lakes area, suddenly everything starts to change. Um, and uh, it's just for us, with uh, the pictures I still have in mind, it's just like to see so far. In Switzerland, you don't see that far. Mm. Um, I never had the impression that I, I, I see... Um, way beyond the horizon and sometimes when we when we started like to uh, go into states like north dakota south dakota we were like on these highways with our rv <laughs> and we were like up on a hill and you would see miles and miles you would see the highway going in a straight line and that's and um it's uh, it's amazing it's amazing how far you can see and mm. the clear sky Big, big sky country, they call it. Yeah, right? big sky country. Yeah. Just to just intercept real quick, because I had a thought, because you mentioned that, um, which was amazing, as you told me a little bit about your, your journey yesterday, or Corinne and I. Um, you met some people here in the States while you were on your sabbatical that are not American, <laughs> right? And yeah. it just, 
tell, tell me like um, there's a, a at least hold on three people three different like how does that work like you in short like it is this is this is the cool thing about the modern IT age right. and social media. I'm not really a fan and so much into social media, but I'm a bit into Instagramming. And through our travel, I published some photos all the time on my Instagram account. And I got some feedback and reactions. And it's friends from back home, from Switzerland, from like that I knew and had contact with from way back, mm. like 20, 25 years ago. But then we kind of lost contact and we lost kind of the point of interest. Right. Um, and we've never seen each other for a long, long time, but suddenly these people start to react on photos and it's like, hey, this is your, your angle of view or what you do is, I, I like that and I would like to see more. And then suddenly the question arose like, hey, did you move to the States or what? Right. And then we started to message forth and back to each other. And then suddenly it's like, hey, I'm going to be with my family in Minnesota for two weeks. I was like, well, we might see each other because it's a small it's, state. It's, it's a long, <laughs> yeah, it's a small country. It's a small country. Yeah. <laughs> One of the arts, you know, we're uh, going to see somehow, each other. Yeah. It was really, it was, we met, wow. we met at, um, at, at the place in Minnesota and we shared dinner and um, boondocked with our RV <laughs> on his brother's driveway. Okay. <laughs> and it was so amazing, you know, just to see people after so many years. And even though you lose contacts, mm. um, we realize sometimes the hearts and the spirits, we, they're still connected. That's amazing. And then I think the same thing happened in another state. And I think in Hawaii, you met somebody else yes. that actually lives in Israel. Yeah, then right again, now. In, in, it, the same thing, a similar thing happened in, in a place in Arizona where we met the Flagstaff. And another time in Maui, that's the best thing. <laughs> Sunset with friends that you, that you don't see that much because we live abroad. We don't live in the same country. We're not really able to see each other so often. And even yeah. with cheap telephone and um, Facebook and all such, you, maybe you don't have daily contact. But right. once you, you see each other, it's like hearts getting connected. And My it's dad, just amazing. It's, it is amazing. You know, like you, you do this journey and then on top of everything, that you experience anyway, this happens too, which is yeah. just a super blessing. And, and like you said, like a rekindling, reconnecting. I just remember like when Karina and I went to a, a U2 concert in Madison Square Garden, uh, just after we moved here. And um, we were like, I think Karina said, I wonder if we're gonna run into somebody <laughs> that we know. I mean like, right. And we did, we actually ran into somebody that we know that used to live in Switzerland, is married to an American and, and out of, I mean, millions of people, right? <laughs> You're at the same place at the same time. And like, what are you doing here? What are you, wait a minute, you know, it's like, and you haven't seen each other in that case for, I don't know, 20 years. I, so I'm just saying a number, you know, it could be less or more, but that's quite amazing. So from there, America, so you went to, um, just in short, like, did you do like the whole world or you just, uh, yeah, the whole world is a bit, it's, I think it's a little over 200 countries now, so okay. um, we're not there yet. So okay. there will, it would need, need on, on the sabbatical. Road yeah, next one. Okay, uh, <laughs> you do another one. Why not? Yeah, yeah why not? Uh, no, after the States, well, we spent a lot of time in California. After the US, we went for, uh, for a few weeks. We were almost two months, I think, in uh, Costa Rica, mm. first on the Pacific coast, learned to surf, just chilled. We needed some time to chill because right. after half a year living in an RV, that's that's tough. Um, you need to yeah, chill. You yeah. need to chill a bit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we we had a good time there at the beach, and then we went into central Costa Rica for a couple of weeks, and we were working on a horse ranch, hmm. which was really interesting and amazing as well. Um, after Costa Rica, we went to New Zealand. We traveled North and South Island. Very amazing. Um, the people are just so friendly. It's mm. absolutely amazing. I think I've hardly met or been in a country where like almost everyone is just hospital 
friendly. Any kind of content, maybe? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's a very special country and this yeah. landscape. Um, we did the South Island and uh, those who watched Lord of the Rings, oh. I think if you travel South Island and you have this vast landscape, no house, nothing is there and you see this and it's like, wow, it remembers me of this bunch of group, you know. <laughs> this is where the Rohingyans the come down. That was like walking around there over three episodes. <laughs> you shall not pass. Yeah, it is. Um, it is beautiful. It's stunning. That's cool. Yeah, it is absolutely stunning. Eventually, you. I think you did. You make it home before COVID. Yeah, like, just about it. Um, yeah, okay. after New Zealand, we we spent um, a week in Sydney. Uh, we went to Singapore and after that we didn't really have sincere plan or okay. we knew exactly but somehow I realized on a on a booking app I saw like wow cheap flights to uh, Hawaii let's go so not. we booked it yeah. and uh, we spent a couple of weeks in Hawaii and that's where we met other friends in Maui and, that don't um, live there by the way with that because don't they live were there. there just at the same time I guess yes. it's like wow and uh, just about when really COVID started to hit worldwide and all these national lockdowns started to happen and air traffic started to yeah, slow down. Yeah. Uh, we were starting basically our, this was our plan to go back to Europe and then travel Europe. But then we were stuck uh, for a couple of days in San Francisco because there were no flights anymore until we could be rebooked and then we were going back to Frankfurt and then we basically with a rental car I went we went back to Switzerland and then all the borders closed Wow, we so were just stuck We had no house. We had nothing Starting <laughs> so starting over starting all over and so we were basically stuck somewhere in a little airbnb in the swiss alps for several weeks not, not um, a bad place to be stuck and it was maybe you can call it frustrating you know yeah. why why being stuck in your own country yeah. you know we could we could have been stuck in hawaii where oh, it would man, have been nicer tough. yeah right um we were actually thinking about it. it's like yeah hawaii is quite expensive you know it yeah. busts the budget but um just being there a couple of weeks in a tiny little village that I had never been before. I mm. passed it a couple of times right. with my car, but I've never been it. And um, but we we were there, and now we even have friends there. It's amazing. And we've been there now for like short vacations a couple of times. It's amazing then because. You know, like you said, there are certain things you plan, and then stuff happens that you can't plan. But you, you, you felt it's the right time. You did it against many odds, and you made it home. And then, in short, like a lot of things. I mean, you told me yesterday within a, <laughs> such a short time: house, job, school, car. Like everything just fell into place, you know, as, a, as almost like as a confirmation, man, we, we did the right thing. I mean, obviously you never know, but it just happened that way. Can you tell me, so we heard a little bit about your background, just in short, like your story, becoming a pilot, then just what recently happened in your life. What did, what are you taking away from the sabbatical for you, for your family? And, and what's, what's next? I think what I really take also from the sabbatical is, I mean, we all know that I would say, I would quote it like this. The only thing that doesn't change is our life that we need to change. And we need to adapt to new situations in, in, in our life daily. We see that now with new sanctions on COVID and this and that, you know. I mean, situations always change. Um, and it's just changed now. The weather, like, I don't know if you hear this. It was, it, was like, it was okay, and now the storm is coming in, man. Before it was like steaming hot outside, now right. it's pouring. Um, so this change is part of life. Right. You know, if, if change doesn't happen, if evolution, if we don't evolve, yeah. um, then we start to basically die, you know, and life gets boring. Um, so there is always change and we have throughout the sabbatical, you know, we always needed to adapt to new situation yeah. and we have, not everything is bright and fun, yeah. you know, we have challenges right. and, uh, but it's all about 
what do you do with it? How do you deal with it? Um, do you see it as a as a burden and a setback, or as a failure, or do you see it as a chance to make something new and make progress, change your own habits, maybe? So um, I think that's something I take out of the sabbatical, and that there's so much more. And sometimes you need to take risk, risky mm. steps, maybe like quitting a job, right. even though you like it, but yeah. you want to pursue a dream yeah. and say, this is what I want to do. But when I've done it, I can still go back to a job. And even though I never get that great job again, maybe are you willing to pay the price because that dream is in you yeah. and you really want to explore and discover and unveil that dream? I think you hit a, a good point that I just want to add to this or just park here for a second, like the taking a risk. And in our culture, I think, I mean, in Swiss culture and American culture, certain degree, may, obviously it's a little different, but just saying like, I, I know a lot of people or meet people, you have a dream, some pursue it, it's hard, it's always hard. Pursue a dream, I'm telling you, out of experience, you, you can confirm this, it's hard. It will not be easy. Otherwise, you know, everybody would just, yeah, it's just what happened, but it, it, you need to go after it. And sometimes you need to make sacrifices and taking a risk because I, I remember coming, like it was just last week, it was seven years till we decided to leave Switzerland and come here, you know, like similar like you, comfortable mm -hmm. place, great job. We were settled, everything was in place. There was no reason naturally, right? That mm -hmm. would make sense. Why would we go to America? Even though, believe me, I love America. I love the culture, I love the your history, I love everything about America. But uh, but you know, like it, it, it's and but we needed to make a decision and see, hey, we needed to find out for ourselves, well, how would that look like? I don't know. I had certain ideas, some of them manifested, some not at all. And that took me on a long journey. That's that's for another story. But but what I'm taking away with this 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 thing what you said about taking a risk, because you know, like you can read about world traveling right you can read about piloting or like even sitting in a plane it's like this is great but it's a whole different thing if you're the pilot <laughs> if you actually go out there and do it and say hey i'm going to travel the world i'm going to quit my job and i'm not saying this that everybody needs to quit their jobs now this is this was patrick's dream or the, his family's dream to do so they needed to do that maybe for you or for somebody else it's something else but just saying it it there needs to be, a, there is a risk involved because you don't know the outcome. And some people, I think, don't even start because we're too much afraid. Is that a fair statement? It is. And it's very much for the Swiss culture, just to understand it, it's not really usual and common that we take risk here because we are in such a safe haven, right. it's such a beautiful country. I mean, everything is so stable and well-established. Yeah. So... Once you're in that comfort zone and everything is kind of good, yeah. why then you start to think, why should I do this? You know, it's nice, it's okay, yeah. you know. And uh, oh yeah, of course, I have my dream and I want to travel the world, but it's kind of nice here, you know. So I can accept not to do my pursue my dream, but I think there might come the day when you're old enough, you know, and I don't know. Maybe you're 70, 75, and 82, yeah. and then you, you think like, I should have done that. Right. That's that's the thing, right? The and that's the thing. And because you can, I don't know. I said like, look. I mean, I think as as this. I mean, I can, if my retirement money doesn't is not enough, I can still go back to work. Yeah. You know, but when the dream is here. To do a world travel or to explore this or take a time out and do a sabbatical and pursue things or explore new things maybe gardening or another hobby surfing. photography for you photography for right. me was photography i yeah. i explored that passion back yeah. during my sabbatical and um so it started something in me um so why not, I mean, take the risk and pursue that dream that you have in you. And maybe you will see that suddenly doors start to open up yeah. or new situations or new chances. It's, this is a great point. I want to 
I want to two more things before we, 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 we I'm going to have you on again. I mean, there's so much we can talk about. I mean, we have a lot of history. But so one thing is uh, yesterday that when Kareen and you and I were sitting here in the lounge and we were having a beer and just just talking till I, I just fell asleep. I just not because it was boring. I was just done. Um, but there was a story with one of our friends. He's a Russian friend. And that and just it came to mind. I think it's just super funny. It's like I, I want to incorporate some of these stories as well. It's like, like a, what's your trophy uh, trove, you know, like, <laughs> like take this out, share with everybody. And so, so this particular uh, friend, he used to live with us in, in that, you know, I'm going back now to Imos, and we have guests and people traveling through and like I'm saying, you know, sometimes somebody spent the night or even whatever. And, um, um, and so this was a, a Russian friend of yours that you, uh, your one of your acquaintances, and I remember Kareen still tells the story. Everybody like when we have a, a digestive, we have a grappa or something or, or a whiskey. Is in my Russian friend Constantine would say, "We measure this in bulbul, right? Yeah. Can you explain to the to us what the measuring in bulbul is? Well, we still haven't figured it out because. No. The next question was, you know, I mean, Constantine, you know, he's like, he was telling the story, you know, like, yeah, you know, in Russia, you know, we measure in, not in centimeters or in pints, we measure in bulbul, you know, because you pour into the glass and it makes bulbul, bulbul. So now the question is yeah. that we start to give to Constantine, it's like, well, is it bull or is it bulbul? <laughs> Which is the unit now? You okay, know? <laughs> is a bull a bull bull? See, it's 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 hard. He still but, owes that answer. Okay, maybe he watches <laughs> this. Maybe Constantine, if you see this, uh, give us an answer. We want to know. But then, the, you know, this is one story with Constantine. But then another one, we had dinner. I want to. I want you need to tell this story. It's just, and I think it's funny. Yeah, I was back in uh, in our first um, place in Zurich. Right. So we had this Italian friend over so we were cooking pasta and uh, Constantine was living with us for the summer we had him imported directly from <laughs> Russia him. come to come live with yeah, us come live with yeah. us Go. so we were eating I don't know a couple of friends at the table and then uh, we saw Thomas saw a cockroach he doesn't oh, he doesn't remember it no I don't so, so he saw a cockroach crossing kind of the kitchen floor and he was like Antonio I give you a hundred bucks if you pick up that cockroach and eat it. And he, you know, Italian, forget it. I'm no. not going to do Come that. On. And you see that constantly. He's not paying attention to the whole he's just conversation. He, he, was, just eating his, he yeah. was eating his spaghetti, not really paying much attention. And we were like, yeah, come on, Antonio, hundred bucks. I mean, it's a lot of money, you know? Hey, it's just a cockroach. And he's like, no, 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 no. I prefer the pasta. And then suddenly, Constantly, he starts to look up and it's like, I'll do it for 50. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys talking about, 100 bucks, man? I'll do it for 50. So, I, I will not, we will not share the information. Did he do it or not? That, uh, again, Constantine, feel free to answer that. Or if not, we just leave that open. But uh, I think it's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. So, Patrick, we, we want to wrap this up. Thank you so much. Um, well, two more things. Where, where can we find you? You're, you're a photographer as well. Uh, you're, you mentioned Instagram. What is your Instagram? And I will obviously put that in, in, in you know, the text later on. Yeah, I've got an Instagram account called Lackermeyer Photography. Okay. Um, so you'll see pictures from the sabbatical, from the road travel, but also my view as a pilot, as a captain out of the cockpits or uh, when I'm in layovers in different countries. So yeah, follow him and see where he travels to. It's really interesting because uh, in our conversation too, he loves to live out of a suitcase and uh, explore the world. It's, it's, uh, it's in his heart. He's a, he's a vagabond, a wanderer, and he wants to fill that, you know, what God put in, in his heart to explore. So thank you so much for that. Last thing, um, moving to the future, next to taking risks. What's, what's coming for you? What's the next step? Actually, I really don't know, but uh, okay. it's, uh, tell you, I tell you this. I mean, we came back from the sabbatical. Um, yeah, of course, I quit my job. 
Yeah. Um, we had to find a new place, a new home to live, um, integrated this, the kids back into school. We needed a car, everything, you know, within the last year, um, everything kind of came back. Um, last December, I said like, hey, look, uh, my type specific rating that's uh, for the uh, airplane type I'm allowed to fly has expired. So I said like, hey, I'll do it now and uh, paid up my own pocket. You can imagine how expensive this is. Everything in aviation is expensive. Yeah, I can. Uh, but we, I took that risk again. It's like, well, if I don't have a job, I'll have to do it myself uh, and start as a freelance pilot all over again. And with this, I got this opportunity to find some freelance. Um, things started to come into place and now um, it's going to be a future permanent position for me. On wow. that on that airplane, my and first assignment after that, um, getting the license back. It's amazing. I think it's also like something the job that you wanted ten years ago is now just manifested. Yes, I wanted to be on that team on on that crew ten years ago already, but somehow it didn't happen. Okay, uh, but now seems to be the right time. Just the door was open, and this is the thing. You know, sometimes you. You feel so comfortable. Yeah, it seems like you have the perfect job, the perfect home, right. everything is nice. But And then you get out of this normal comfort yeah. zone. Right. And then you have to learn how to live in new cultures, traveling, adapt to new environments, new weather. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now, man. Um, I don't know what's going time, on in, in New it makes, Jersey. It makes yourself also very flexible. It makes yourself open and sharp to mm. spot out new opportunities. And I think yeah. this is, uh, it has shaped me. The sabbatical has shaped me certainly in that way to make me more sensitive to new opportunities. That's great. Patrick, thank you so much for sharing your heart. Thanks for being here. You're always welcome. Do you know that? Uh, it's, such a, it's such a privilege and honor to have you here in our house. Thank you for your friendship. And uh, guys, uh, stay tuned for what comes next with Pit Stop Pioneers. I will do uh, conduct more interviews. Not interviews, sorry, that's the wrong action. Conversations. We just sit down, have a conversation. I'll still work on this and, and, and improve. And, and you know, I think it's, it's great to hear the story of, of people around us. Uh, because it's interesting and just even to hear hopefully you got something take something away from patrick's life and especially the thing with risks and and step out and try to do that so we will see you hopefully later thank you so much patrick bye bye for now bye, bye now